Picture this. It's blazing hot outside and you need to head to work. You get into your car and turn on the AC to get cold air pumping as soon as possible, but it doesn't work. Instead, blowing hot air out of your vents and directly into your face. No, your car doesn't hate you. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the air conditioning system, and there's an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. There's no need to go to the shop and pay lots of money when you can save time and money recharging yourself with AC Pro Recharge Kits. AC Pro Recharge Kits make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience. And the AC Pro app offers clear, vehicle-specific instructions to help you get the job done in less than 10 minutes. So pick up an AC Pro Recharge Kit at any store selling auto products and confidently restore your car's cold air yourself today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with an eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Are your money back? Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey guys, it's Joey Molinaro, co-host of the Speed Street Podcast for Dirty Mo Media. Tickets are on sale now for my show at the legendary Vogue Theater in Indianapolis on May 25th. Come kick off the greatest weekend of the year with me and friends as we get ready for the 107th running of the Indianapolis 500. There'll be a night of comedy, conversation, and of course, cocktails, and I hope to see you there. Get your tickets while you can at thevogue.com or in all of my bios at Joey Molinaro. following is a production of Dirty Mo Media. Back again on Speed Street. The special edition of Speed Street, as producer Ben pointed out, our 69th episode of Speed Street. So very much looking forward nice. to that. Joey as Austin Cindric would say, nice. Yeah, nice. Okay. Molinero, Connor Daly, Ben Walden. Uh, tons of stuff to talk about. It's race week. Race week in Texas. No betting lines out yet. We'll get more to that. But race week in Texas, finally. Connor's coming off of Coda in the Cup Series. I'm down in Myrtle Beach. We have story time from Connor Daly over the weekend in Austin. We have video game issues in the IndyCar world front. We have some great news from the big boss, Mike Davis, in the Dirty Mo Media world. Thanks to all of you guys. It's another stack show. Stack show and uh, gotta gotta bring in my guy Connor Daly. How we feeling, man? What's going on in your world? Well, it was a a long weekend in uh, in in Texas. Uh, definitely, you know, lots of humorous stories. We did do we did participate in every session, which is the first uh, first time we've done that in my NASCAR career. Uh, first ever NASCAR qualifying session. Uh, people forget. If Maybe people s- forgot. Well, we yep. we didn't get to qualify at the Robo, and we didn't get to qualify at the Daytona 500 either. So, um, good to at least have accomplished that. Uh, still faced quite a few challenges. Um, 
but yeah, lots of interesting stories from the weekend. Uh, there's uh, yet again more chaos in the IndyCar uh, world of gaming. Uh, we all just want to play video games these days, and uh, it's, it seems to be getting tougher for us. Um, but uh, but yeah, and then obviously Texas has begun. Very, very excited about Texas. I was on the simulator yesterday uh, in Charlotte, literally the day after the NASCAR Cup race, um, getting, uh, getting into some things at Texas, some things that I feel good about. You know, hopefully it translates to real life. So there, there's a lot of exciting things going on here for uh, for this week. We also have uh, an incredible interview with Jordan Taylor. Yes. Uh, he's really been stacking up the guests for us here. And, uh, <laughs> you know, if you're new to the program, we've had recently, you know, Colton Herta, Roman Grosjean last week. Uh, we just keep Jimmy Johnson a few weeks ago. Uh, and now Jordan Taylor, who is out there uh, on, the, on, the, on the roads of, of CODA. Uh, over the weekend with you so very much looking forward to the conversation uh with jordan uh but let's let's hop into it bro um a little recap want to hear your thoughts and just kind of the breakdown you mentioned we're getting some we're getting some baby steps you know we're 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 we're, we're going (laughs) from from you know it's like with my son it's like he's 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 starting to get to crawl a little bit right and he's getting we're working our way up to these different checkpoints for you uh, in NASCAR, we're 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 progressing. This is pro- pro- progressing for you, correct? Well, tell us about the weekend. Yeah, yes and no. I mean, we we thankfully had a long practice session on the on the first day, uh, Friday, and um, realistically, you know, that's the first time I'm able to get out there on the track with a new set of tires. And the way these tires work, which I figured out, it seemed like uh, the first run really is the is the quickest by quite a lot. Then they seem to drop off. Certainly for us, a little bit the tires and speed. Um, and, you know, the, the first thing for me was using uh, all the curbs. I think in the NASCAR Cup Series, using of all the track, I mean, you saw during the race, there was even a yellow flag because there was so much dirt on the track from people cutting the track. So um, usage of the curbs was big for me to get used to. Um, and usage of the runoff, obviously there's no track limit rules except for in the uh, the fast S's there where you just basically couldn't cut the track fully. Um, but uh, But we also had... A uh, bit of an issue with the brakes during the the first practice uh, in, in both the IndyCar and the NASCAR Cup car. Uh, you know, we have an adjuster for the brake bias, right? So we, if we need uh, better front braking, we go a certain direction. If you need better braking out of the rear, you go the other direction. And for me, uh, it was it was just doing the opposite of what I wanted. So I was locking the rear brakes a little bit, and so I would go towards the front. And every time I would go towards the front brake bias, it would go towards the rear. So that meant the rear started locking more. And I was like, man, I think I'm, I think I need to go more to the front, but that was in turn going more to the rear. So it's, uh, that was tough to, uh, to, to, to understand, but we fixed it. We found that right after the session. So that was good. Um, and our progression from, uh, you know, as a small team again, with, with no affiliation with any big team, which all these other teams do have. Uh, I was actually garage neighbors with Jordan Taylor, who we will have on this show. Um, and, uh, and you could tell obviously a few things that, you know, they might have access to that we might not have access to, which is fine. But we had a huge gain of time from, from practice to qualifying. I mean, we out qualified, you know, legitimate, uh, full season entries, um, which I think we can be really proud of, you know, even on our first run in qualifying, uh, my second lap of new tires was actually going to be quite quick, but then the 77 and, and our friend Noah Gregson, uh, were for some reason slowing down on that lap and, uh, had to abort that lap, which was a shame because I think we would have improved more than we did. Um, 
on our second run because we decided to go out for another run and uh, got out behind AJ Allmendinger and improved another, I think, four tenths. So it was a good improvement for us every single run. Uh, we we you know we were within a second of uh, some some really good teams. Uh, you know, even Jimmy Johnson, uh, the six car, I think. Um, Martin Truex as well, a couple other really good cars. So there was a lot of positives for us to kind of take from that. We got to do all the sessions. Um, and, you know, looking at some data afterwards through SMT, you know, there, there's, there are just, you know, little bits everywhere that we're missing, small pieces here and there. Um, and, you know, we're, we're still uh, probably not at the development stage that, that all those other teams are at. But, uh, but we definitely worked hard on trying to improve. Um, and so that kind of basically set us up for the race. I think we qualified 30, 35th or something like that, uh, in yep. the back. Um, but, uh, but still kind of proud of our effort as a small team. You know, we're, we're, we, we were pretty much the only team I think without scale pads, which I noticed as well. Uh, all the, all the teams at road courses, they bring out scale pads for each four corner, each corner of the car, right? So you put the car on that, make sure the corner weights are all right. Uh, and nothing against our, our program, because again, those cost a lot of money, and right? So we're we're new to it. Uh, we got the car set up back at the shop on the scale pads, but uh, it's just small things, you know what I mean? So we go into the race, but before I get there, I'd like to get to a few small points that I made in my little note section. I had a little note section. Um, my first note was that I don't think there's any coffee in the NASCAR garage area. I don't. I don't know if this is true or not, because you have Black Rifle Coffee as a sponsor of Noah, uh, but I struggled to find coffee every day, and I and I'm not gonna walk into anyone else's hauler and be like, hey, do you guys have a Keurig or something like that? Uh, but even our like our our the people that like cook there for the lunch that the team's lunches or breakfast, I was like, does anyone have any coffee here? And I'm a I think I'm addicted to coffee because. I was I was hunting for coffee, and I eventually I found some on Sunday morning, or I I think, but um, it seems like IndyCar everyone runs on coffee, and there's coffee everywhere. <laughs> you should have ran into the media center. I know, but see, I'm not I I'm not a media guy. I don't want to just like hustle in there, um, and and try to be like, hey, just random guy looking for coffee. So just just my thoughts. If you think if you're involved in the NASCAR garage area, you think that there is a lot more coffee than I might know of. Please let me know because I would love to have some. That was my first fun fact of the day. Uh, and then the the rookie meeting for the weekend. I, I got an email from the uh, you know from the the NASCAR folks, race director folks, uh, and on this email, I, it was it's an incredible screenshot that I will probably save for my entire life. But uh, the email recipients are Jordan Taylor, obviously, hey me, Jensen Button, and Kimi Raikkonen, and I'm like, you know what? This is hysterical. I, I don't think, and, and with the title, obviously, NASCAR Cup Series Coda Rookie Meeting. Now, I, I don't know if that, obviously, that email will probably never be sent again with those recipients, uh -huh. but um, pretty hysterical. I, I guess it would be like, I, I mean, I don't know. Though Jensen and Kimmy were, were, were heroes of mine growing up, and, uh, and, you know, we're all in rookie meetings together. And I assume this must be like, like, if you if you're a rookie NFL quarterback and you go to your first team meeting with like let's say you know let's say you're Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers is there or something like that you know what I mean and you get in there and you're like hey this guy's pretty this guy's pretty good he's he's been around here for a long time uh, obviously he's not going to be there anymore but uh, 
I assume that must be cool if you respect the game. Like me, it'd be like me doing a set, um, you know, an open mic, get crackers with uh, Adam Sandler. Yes. Uh, uh, you know, Dana Carvey. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Exactly. So, like, pretty cool walking into this rookie meeting. Um, it actually seemed like I wasn't included. This is basically kind of how I felt the whole weekend. I was kind of like, if you if you if you saw the polls on Twitter, like who's gonna do better, Jordan Taylor, Kimmy Räikkönen, and Jensen Button, other. I was like other, and and in this meeting, I was kind of the same thing. Walked in, and I was like kind of the last one there. All still, we were all still early, uh, and like Kimmy's, you know, shaking hands with Jordan and Jensen, and they're all shaking hands, and I'm like, uh, and I just kind of walk up there, and I'm like, uh, hey hey guys. And, uh, and I obviously, I obviously know Jordan. So I'm like, what's up, man? And Jensen's like, oh, hey, like, cause I know Jensen a little, but not a lot. And then I, of course, shook Kimmy's hand. Kimmy did, in fact, introduce himself to me. And again, I have met Kimmy before. Of course, there's no reason for him to ever remember why I ever existed. Uh, but nice guy, Kimmy, right out the gate. Hey, I'm Kimmy. I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm Connor. Great to meet you. Uh, thought that was hysterical. Kimmy in this driver's meeting as well. I mean, I, I just, I, I, these, I, I'm a race fan. Like people, people in this podcast have to remember I'm a race fan first. I started as a race fan. Uh, and so these moments I like to appreciate and I like to, you know, tell stories about. So pretty cool meeting with those guys. Um, and, and, and getting into it right, right after that, Kimmy leaves, of course. And, 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 uh, Jensen and Jordan and I are kind of talking the first thing we all talk about, cause again, they have not raced this car before. I have only two races in this car before, but I think the biggest surprise for 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 them and and the most interesting were pit stops, right? For for us, you know, open wheel guys or sports car guys, formula whatever it is, uh, you know, the pit stops in the NASCAR Cup Series, it just NASCAR in general are definitely very very different. And so it was cool to see how you know some of them, like obviously Jordan driving for Hendrick, you know, they've been doing pra- practice pit stops all week. They've been doing you know quite a whatever. They have a very high level of practice and preparation. And same with Jensen, you know, he had a an affiliation with Stuart Haas Racing, so they were uh, they were doing some preparation there as well. Um, but always fun to see kind of, obviously I respect those guys a lot, both very, very accomplished drivers. I mean, I grew up racing with Jordan, so I know Jordan a lot, but Jensen's a little bit older than we are. Um, and uh, it's just funny to see everyone's first reactions. And I'm kind of like, yeah, th- those are, you guys are right. Those are the hardest things, pit speed limit and pitting. That's the, that's the most difficult challenge. So, Pretty interesting to get into, you know, into into some detailed discussions about that. Um, and so, Kimmy, uh, in fact, that that turned out good though, because last week we were, you know, you were a little worried. <laughs> we're like, Kimmy's gonna be like, who the hell is this guy? Oh yeah, was he changing my 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 tires? Give me coffee. What's going on? <laughs> and then it worked out well. You're in a meeting, so exactly. Awkward. But I still didn't have a suit on, so he might have thought maybe I was there. Like I want to, like we talked about last time, maybe we want a charity raffle. Maybe this was like a, Hey, uh, he, he's a fan and they let one fan in for rookie meeting. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it was something like that. Um, but very hysterical. And <laughs> the first actual conversation we had with suits on Kimmy and I was after qualifying, like after qualifying, I had, I was on my way back to the truck and he was as well. And we just happened to cross paths, and I was like, Kimmy. Like, I just shouted him. And he actually came over and talked to me, which I'm very blown away about. Um, and, yeah, had a bit of a qualifying discussion. You know what I mean? Like, we both wish we would have run a second set of sticker tires on the Friday practice because 
we 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 were allowed to run a second set, uh, and we had a second set, but we both didn't, and and that I think would have improved for us. Um, but yeah, just funny to hear, I guess the way he describes things, and and as it is very typical, Kimmy, like. He was he was very you know he he talked to me but it it's still so Kimmy that it's just great like it's a great interaction to remember forever and I uh, I think people people can be proud of Kimmy for who he is and and how he does life but uh, I I gotta say there was some respect there and I I I, I appreciated that out of Kimmy yeah <laughs> yeah man yeah you got a nice Instagram photo from it oh yeah what? I actually I actually didn't realize that I was uh, this is Sunday after the race and I was over. Kimmy's motorhome was like kind of across from mine, and I was talking to uh, one of one of his boys I've known since I was like thirteen. He was my first sponsor with Alpine Stars back in the day, and uh, the the one of the track house I think PR guys or managers or something. He was like, "Hey man, like I got these photos of you and Kimmy when you were talking yesterday." I was like, "No way! Like that's awesome! I would love them." And so got some great photographs that I would have probably never had otherwise. So pretty cool to get to do that actually. You gotta love when people are aware of the moment and know that okay, I'm gonna get candid shots. This is gonna be good for the brand, for your brand, right? This oh yeah, yeah. Good for the profile going on IG. This is these are all good things. And so when people are aware of that in the moment, got tip the cap. That's uh, that, that, that that's pretty good. Did you get to meet Coach Beard from Ted Lasso? So, yes, Coach Beard from Ted Lasso was there. I did get to say on race day. Uh, I, I did get to say hello to him. And also, I know you're a, a recent Friday Night Lights guy, Joey, but uh, Tyra oh, from Friday Night Lights was there. Yeah, Adrienne uh, Palicki or whatever her name is. I, I was a huge fan of that show. My girlfriend Amy got me into that show just in the last year. Yeah. And uh, big fan. And she was very nice. So I, I got a picture with her. I thought that was cool. I did not get a picture with Coach Beard or Hootie. Uh, Darius Rucker was there as well. Did not get a picture with Hootie. Uh which is a darn shame, but at least I got a picture with Tyra. Did you ask? Uh, did you ask Tyra if her and Tim Riggins end up getting married? Like one day, like get and 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 that world if they're today if they're married out on the ranch. You know, it's funny. Amy, my girlfriend, asked me to ask a bunch of questions as well. But it, in that moment when you're like, it was like driver intros. Like I have my suit on. She's about to go up on stage. I I I feel awkward. Just kind of. Being like, Tough. hey, I'd like to ask you a question about a show you did maybe ten years ago. You know what I mean? Like, it yeah. was, it's, uh, it was funny, but great to meet those people. There was a great, um, great celebrity contingent, I would have said, uh, on that day. And uh, Coach Beard, I think he, I think he must be friends with Brad Keselowski or something because they seem to be talking a lot. He also looked great. He's wearing like maroon pants. Uh, looked like he was in Texas, just ready to have a, a, uh, a full on great day. So I, I respected that out of him for sure. Yeah, he's an interesting character. I'm wondering, you know, because of how different and quirky his character is on the show, I feel like those people in real life always are like super sociable and like you you're like, wait a second, you're you're the weird guy on the show. Be yeah. weird. <laughs> I mean, but I feel like he was probably really super nice. Definitely jealous that you got you got to meet Tyra for sure. All right, so so we go into the race and uh what what happened, man? Yeah, so the race, uh, you know, interesting to get into. Obviously, a lot of people, there was a lot of chatter about how it ended. I wasn't I wasn't in the end, so I, I got to watch it on television just like everyone else. Um, but the start was also way, way crazier than I think uh, a lot of people expected. Like, for us, I really struggled on the first set of tires. I'm not really sure why, um, 
but uh, just was kind of hanging around. Uh, you know, we didn't drop off the back of that pack. We were just hanging out. But, I mean, there were cars crashing immediately, like right out the gate. Like we had uh, the whole, I forget who crashed. For, oh, the, the Brad Keselowski crash when he spun and the 77 wrecked. Like that was right in front of me. Like I was behind the 78 Balicki. And we come through and like I'm basically nose to tail with these this group of cars that are all side by side. And you one you can kind of see smoke and things start to kick off. And the 78 went left and I went right. And thankfully, uh, you know, there was enough curb on the right side for me to get around the 77 and the cars that were in spinning disasters. Um so right out the gate, I was like, man. All right, I guess that's how we're starting. We're we're getting some. We're, there's some wrecks. Like we pitted for fuel, like to maybe get a little off strategy. Uh, here we go. Uh, people are kind of cycling, and then again restart. More craziness. Cars are side by side, um, and there's there's one car. Like after about two laps, I'm noticing is getting kind of swallowed up, and uh, and that was Jensen Button, and he said this after the race too, and and it was wild because like I'm looking at Jensen kind of get. He's getting rubbed out of the out of the way. He's getting moved. He's there, like, but he's also completely sideways at about every corner. And I wasn't able to like. We were still on this first set of tires that I was struggling on myself, but I was right there, but behind this whole group. And uh, and and yeah, poor Jensen got muscled. Like Jensen got muscled out of the way by several different folks, and he was trying to go side by side. But again. These cars, they're so heavy that when you do have a big moment of, like, when the thing gets loose, it gets loose in a big way. And I could tell he was trying to hustle the thing, and I was probably guilty of that same thing at the Roval when I first did it as well. But, man, it was funny to see see that happen, and all of a sudden it was a 15 car, Jensen, and me, and then I had a bit of a moment myself. In turn 19, I did a full 360. Uh, I don't, I don't think the TV ever saw it, but going through 19, we were getting loose in the center and we hit a bump and I did a full 360 and kept going straight. And I only lost like two seconds. I think so. I felt pretty proud of that. It was like a Tokyo drift moment. Uh, glad. No, I hope no one saw it. If they did, they could be proud of me because we only lost about a second of time on track. Ended up catching back up to the cars too, uh, that were in front of me. Um, but, uh, but yeah, even interacted a little bit with Denny Hamlin, our, our fellow um, Dirty Mo Media podcast uh, uh, member. Uh, his podcast is great if you haven't listened to it. Uh, I, I I still haven't heard him mention Speed Street on his podcast yet, which is a little sad, but <laughs> I didn't get to race with him for a little bit after he got a penalty for cutting the chicane, uh, and we both avoided, again, another wreck. Like when Bubba Wallace, when he blew his engine after smoking two people into the... Uh, into the hairpin at the back straight. Denny's right behind me, and I'm like, all of a sudden, I hit Bubba's oil, and we are sliding. Like, both of us are sliding. Denny picked the right lane, thankfully, got around me. And then when we both come around, turn um, the second to last corner, turn 19, all chaos broke loose. Like, that was when uh, Larson got spun into the pit lane, and that was all right in front of us. Like, Denny and I, I'm like, man. That was crazy. And again, yellow right out the gate again. So it was time to take tires, time to maybe start over a little bit. Let's get our strategy reset. Um, and it was at that moment, like after that restart, I think it was that restart where I, I started feeling better. Like that next set of tires that we put on uh, was was much better. I think we uh, we we passed the the 21 car, uh, Harrison Burton, and then uh, got behind Corey LaJoy. 
and uh, another couple cars again right at the back of the uh, uh, right at the end of the train there, and just felt good. Felt like we were racing. Felt like I kind of was side by side with Corey for a little bit, yeah. settled in, and then coming out of turn one, uh, there's that the downhill. You know, you go uphill straight into turn one, left first gear, and then you're coming down the hill. There's a big bump. Uh, before, like, basically, right as you go to second gear, before the long right hander, and I go first to second gear, and it just pops, and uh, I have no drive. So, um, so that was it. Uh, basically, you know, I I did thank God I made I, there was enough drive to because we had one half shaft still working, but not the other. So we had drive in like basically one wheel. Uh, and thankfully I was able to make it back to the pit lane. Cause that would have been embarrassing to just like stop on the track. You don't want to cause it. Yeah. You don't want to be that guy. Like if we're having a rough day, let's just disappear and get after everyone's way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, tough situation for us. Uh, you know, to have a failure like that in the race, um, it just sucks because I just felt like I was getting my feet under me. We had some good things going for us. The car felt better. I, I felt like I could absolutely race with the guys that were in front of me. Yep. Um, but uh, that was that. So we sat in the garage for a little bit, uh, tried to see if we could fix it because we weren't on the damage clock. Technically, NASCAR has a damage clock that, like, it's only seven minutes, but we weren't actually in an accident. So if we would have fixed it, we could have got back out there. Uh, but it was too detrimental. It was definitely inside the uh, the drivetrain half shaft failed. Um, so, yeah, that was that. Then I basically just watched the uh, the rest of the chaos that, 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 uh, that went on. Uh, did you happen to see any of that chaos there at the end? Did yeah, I was down at Myrtle Beach and uh, was having myself a nice cigar with my father-in-law and was was Love keeping it. up with it. Um, I did. I did want to ask. I like do those laps there at Coda feel as long as they feel to the viewer? <laughs> because honestly, I'd pop man, my head, I'd pop my head in and out, you know, and I, I swear I popped my head in with like eighteen laps to go or something. And then I went back out, was having some drinks, smoking some cigar, and then I popped it back in, and it felt like 30 minutes had gone by, and there's still like a, a ten or nine or ten laps left, and it hadn't gone yellow. <laughs> like it was insane. Like it just felt like forever. It's a long track, man. It it is. Uh, but honestly, I love Coda. Like I think in that car too, it was a lot of fun. There was a lot of time to be gained by, you know, using all the all the curb, using the surfaces. Um, and it, and it provides some great racing. Like there was a lot of side-by-side racing, certainly on every restart. Uh, I really enjoyed watching, uh, Tyler Reddick and William Byron go side-by-side from many different corners. You don't get to see that really at a lot of road courses. Um, but then everyone apparently just decided to, I mean, be in, just use their cars like missiles. And again, this as a small team, this is the scenario that you hope you make it to at the end of the race, because let's say we play all those green white checkers correctly you might end up in the top 15 like there were guys that you know Kimmy towards the end restarted fourth and a 29th like yeah, Jordan yeah. Taylor was up in the top 10 and again finished 27th like guys get shuffled around like crazy um and 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 it was wild to see but yes the laps are long but for us there's a lot a lot of different corners there's a lot of different things that we can right, uh, yeah. you know get into but definitely like in the green white checkered scenarios right you're like, wow, I feel like we've been, you know, we've done almost a whole lap and then there's a yellow and you're like, oh my gosh, like this is crazy. Wow. And some of the yeah. debris yellows, I do, I listened to Denny a little bit about this and I do wish that they had more active 
uh, like debris retrieval. Like in Formula One, sometimes we see corner workers, and again, they probably don't want people running onto the track. With that's that's unsafe. We don't want to we don't want to hurt people, obviously, because you never know there could be a car coming out of pit lane. But we have enough radios and enough communication now on this planet that corner workers, I, I believe, could have the ability to be like, hey you got at least a minute to get out there and grab a piece of rubber. You know what I mean? Like, and we could get this race finished. Like, I, I, I think that has to be able to happen. Like, we have enough communication yeah. that you could be like, hey, corner worker station before us, how much time do we have? And you're like, well, you got about 30 to 60 seconds, whatever it is. And I tell you what, if you get a quick runner, you get out there, grab that piece of crap, whatever's on the track, and you take it off the track. I don't know. I... It was a shame to see so many yellows at the end. Um, it's very NASCAR, obviously. We, we know that. But it, I, I, I do believe that we had seen enough good racing in that race to where it could have happened if, if again, there does seem to be a bit of a respect issue. The cars are so tough that you can just ram into each other and force people out of the way. Um I loved Ryan Priest's tweet after the race. Bunch of baths. I mean, that is great. Like, get the emotion going. Daniel Suarez didn't necessarily think that that was a great idea to hit people in pit lane after the checkered flag. Didn't think that was a great idea to run into the back of Alex Bowman. Um, but, I mean, you're frustrated. Like, if, if, if you try to restart, 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 like, every restart, that track is so wide and so crazy like the research that I did, I was I'd watched the Xfinity race. I'm like, man, I'm gonna try to stay at the bottom so I can maybe get all the guys that that swing wide. But yeah, that yeah. didn't really work out for me yet. But later on, it did. Like Ross Chastain stuck to the bottom and made up like 20 positions. I mean, he might have moved some people out of the way at the same time, but it was crazy. And but I think you know Coda, what that you know what that reminds me of that 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 uh, first uh, turn there on the restarts. It reminds me of that clip that Doug Bowles always tweets out. Uh, for back in the day when people like the gates would open and people oh, would yeah. just go you know, crazy at IMS the to snake get in, pit. you know, yeah, the snake yeah. pit. That's what it reminds me of. We're like, you just hey, first come, first serve, and you're bumping and knocking people out of the way. That's yeah. what it looks like at Coda when it's a restart on turn one. Because the the funny thing about that is, is like, I I don't think people realize how like it's so wide into turn one, but that space tightens up real quick. Real and quick. it doesn't matter if you're the smartest guy ever. Everyone is selfish in that corner. And so you're going to want to take every every bit of space. But it is possible to not hit each other there. So, like, I just, it, it, it's it's part of NASCAR racing, obviously, the contact. But the contact is so easy to be made now. And there were so many people that were hitting each other. I mean, you saw Ross get spun out and slapped. And the guy still finished fourth. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. these cars, I think, clearly need to be a little bit more damageable. And you'd probably find, like, in IndyCar Turn 1, you're not seeing us go and ram into the back of each other. Like, sometimes that does happen, but guess what? You're out of the race, probably. Like, you're yeah, done. You're... <laughs> so, I think, you know, with with a little bit more danger of potentially injuring your car in a more permanent way, I do believe that might be a, uh, you know, a potential help. Uh, but I don't know. Either way, it created a crazy finish. But Tyler Reddick, no matter what, deserved that, that win. I know he was doing some tire testing there at Coda and and he was very, very good, but he was just, he was always, he was good the whole week. I mean, the whole weekend. He he was way faster than everyone, it seemed like, uh, and and he deserved that race three times over because he he managed to survive three different green-white checkers or four, however many there were, and, and still stay ahead. So 
Um, pretty impressive from Tyler Reddick. Great road racer. And, and even if you listen to Denny's podcast as well, Denny gets to see him in action and uh, says he is very, very impressive uh, on, on road courses. Connor, if there's one thing that can come from this weekend, is your 2-0 and against Jimmy Johnson. We're facing him in the Cup Series. <laughs> so, <laughs> that is a hilarious point. There's a great photo of, of Jimmy and I in the middle of the race because I'm obviously out of the race about halfway through. He's been out since lap one, and I just shouted at him. I was like, hey, man, what happened to you? Because I actually did not realize that he got destroyed in that first lap first accident. Lap. All yeah. I saw was the 77 and the 6, and then that's about all I saw. Um, but I was like, oh, man, that sucks. And and he was like, what happened to you? I was like, ah, half shaft broke. He's like, well, all right, we'll see. If that. I was like, you want a beer? He's like, my kid's got school in the morning. We got to get home. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, all right. Big big dad award of the year. This guy's, you know, no more beers after the race. We're just gonna, you know, fly home private and uh and get get back onto the onto the dad scene, which I respect. I respect that of Jimmy. Um, I was gonna say he he's gonna have beer, just not with you. Just on exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One thing that I also have to mention that this is a very embarrassing story. Um I I feel disgusted with myself over this. Um I we walk into the drivers meeting. This is before the race, right? The drivers meeting in NASCAR very public. They have like all their uh, a lot of hullabaloo in there. A lot of celebrities. You know, you had Sage Steele in there. You had a coach, a coach from um from from uh what's why, why am I forgetting the show all of a coach sudden? Beard. <laughs> coach Beard is there. Ted Lasso. Yeah, Ted Lasso. Coach Beard. Adrian is there. All the all the famous celebrities, and um and. My sponsor, uh, Todd All, like bitnile.com. If you haven't gone there, we need to be there. Come on. It's great. It's a great website, a lot of fun, a lot of things going on there. But Todd is a huge Jensen Button fan. Like he tells stories about how Jensen Button was his first favorite race car driver. And Todd's already in there in the driver's meeting. He's like, hey, man, you got to get me a picture with Jensen. Like you told me you get me a picture with Jensen. I was like, yeah, perfect. And he was pointing over in the driver's meeting as if Jensen was already there. Now, I don't know if you guys noticed, but there were a couple cars sponsored by Mobile One. And so I see a Mobile One fire suit sitting down, and I confidently walk up to this row, and it was it was a Mobile One suit, Justin Haley, and someone else. And again, I don't I don't know many of the NASCAR drivers in the in the world. I don't think I don't think many of them like me. I don't think anyone really likes me in the NASCAR world except for like Chase Briscoe and Coyle Joy. And uh, maybe Austin Sindrick, just a couple guys that are friends. You know, Noah Gregson, of course. But uh, I walk walk directly to Kevin Harvick, and I'm like, hey, JB, JB. And um, he looks up at me, and I was like, oh, my gosh. I He's like, who is JB? And I'm like, oh, I all of you guys are sponsored by Mobile. I said, I'm sorry. I was looking for Jensen. He's like, who is JB? And I, I just hear that as I'm walking away. And the look on his face and Justin Haley's face Oof. were like, this guy is an idiot. And and I get it. I, I, com- I completely mislabeled Kevin Harvick as Jensen Button. Uh, I almost said they both have gray hair, so I didn't, I, I, I couldn't tell them apart. <laughs> um, but turns out Jensen's mobile one suit is black and Kevin Harvick's mobile one suit is white. So... I uh, I missed I mislabeled Kevin Harvick as Jensen Button, and I now think he thinks I'm an idiot, and so does Justin Haley. So that was a very embarrassing moment for me. Uh, but we did get the photo eventually with Jensen and Todd, my sponsor. 
Uh, but that was that's a tough that's a tough look for me. Tough look for me. Yeah, you know, and I yeah. feel like unfortunately committing that to memory isn't going to do you much good for next time you race in the cup because everybody's fire suits change so damn much that it's not like you're like yeah yeah wait uh no because then by that time you know Jensen will be wearing black and Kevin will be wearing white and then you'll be screwed either way so yeah you, know, you gotta Tough. understand they gotta understand it's all good it it was not a face of understanding out of Kevin Harvey I'm not gonna lie we had a great conversation pre Daytona 500 I think that went right out the window with me uh literally calling him the wrong person so well you didn't even okay okay I gotta applaud you on this so you just kind of <laughs> You, you just put your head down and just blew right past it. You didn't even stop to address it. Nope. I, I literally looked at him. I was like, nope, sorry. You are all sponsored by Mobile One. Uh, I'm going to go look for Jensen. And uh, and I just, I was like literally red in the face. I started sweating and I went and sat like two rows behind him, like in the back row, trying to get away from him as far as possible. Uh, and then sure enough, uh, old Jordan Taylor sits, our, our podcast guest today, Jordan Taylor sits right next to me because, again, he's new to the NASCAR world, too. He, he doesn't really know many of the people here at this at this uh, driver's meeting either. So it was uh, it was a very funny interaction. And, um, yeah, tough look for me in my third NASCAR Cup Series event, not knowing drivers as they are, like right Man, there. Yeah. Not that's, knowing who they are. Not knowing what they look like. I don't know. That's like... <laughs> That's that's tough, man. It reminds me, you know, like being the the new kid in class, the new kid in school <laughs> every time, and you're just like, or like the freshman going up to the junior, you know, to the junior senior hallway for some reason. It's just you're you're in a totally different world, man. You're just looking, you're 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 praying to to hang on to anybody that you're comfortable with in any sort of way at all, you know. Yeah, and it could be a team photographer for you, and it's just like, oh, thank God, finally, somebody I can just like talk to and not be clenching my cheeks the whole time, you know. <laughs> that's, Man, that's so what funny. It was like for me when I would do that in the junior senior hallway, at least. Like, it, oh yeah, yeah. The kid, the kid that was in my class that I wasn't friends with at all, finally, you know, we're your best friends all of a sudden. All right, so that's Coda weekend. Uh, but you're doing a Texas two-step, man. Um, you're going from there, and then we got the Texas Motor Speedway this weekend. IndyCar is back finally after uh, three or four weeks off from the St. Yes. Pete one to Texas race two. I'm sure he's hell excited about it. I know he got to be as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a great weekend. Um, we're sharing the weekend with NASCAR trucks as well. NASCAR trucks are racing Saturday night or Saturday afternoon. Um, but yeah, pretty pretty tight weekend schedule. We we practice early on on Saturday. Uh, we get to qualify then and uh, and then and then practice again racing pra like race race trim practice uh essentially right afterwards um and yeah it's 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 right now the weather has changed every day like we i've looked at the weather every day for the last three days and sometimes you looked at it and it was like 68 degrees saturday 70 on uh sunday the next day it was uh 70 on saturday and like 82 on sunday so Maybe even some rain on Sunday, but obviously it doesn't rain on Sundays. I've said that many, many times. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see. The weather's definitely going to play a part. Uh, wind is very uh, you know powerful for us at Texas. Uh, could could make your day or hurt your day. Um, but yeah, excited man. Twenty seven cars. Uh, you know we'll we'll go in qualifying order for points championship, and thankfully this will be the best that I've gone out at Texas for a while because uh, I've struggled at St. Pete the last couple years. 
Uh, but Ed, my teammate, will go out first because obviously it's his first race this season. Renus will be soon after. Um, so I'll be the the last guy of the team to go out and qualifying. So I'll at least have a little bit of information from both Ed and Renus. Um, so we'll see. I mean, we're excited about it. There's new downforce rules, uh, a little bit more downforce that we can run in the race, um, which hopefully provides for a, a really competitive event. I mean, that's that's the goal. What do we think the crowd's going to look like? Oh, great question. I don't know. I've seen a lot of stories about how Pato is giving away a bunch of tickets or selling a bunch of tickets. I don't know. Um, I know we've tried to buy a lot of tickets as well as Bit Nile. Uh, we'll see, man. I mean, it all depends on the promoter. The promoter of the event is is it's up to them to really sell tickets for us. We try as well. Uh, IndyCar has been pushing it on social media for sure. Uh, I really hope people show up. I do. Um, I think it's it's a great if you're going to go and camp there for the weekend. I think it's a great opportunity. Uh, it's only a two day weekend, but uh, you know, on those two days, you get a ton. I mean, you get a a full day of IndyCar practice and qualifying, and then a truck race. Uh, and then Sunday, of course, is the main event with the IndyCar race. So great weekend and a great facility there. Uh, hoping we get a ton of people. Or it's at least more than last year. Yeah. yeah. It's I think it'll be a great race. I do I do want to encourage people to not only watch, but to go if you can. Because with the new downforce rules the way they are, I think it's going to... I mean, I think it'll be a, a strong, strong race. I, um, I got to give a shout out. Uh, on on Twitter to Mama G Force, um, a, a popular follow in the IndyCar and the motorsport world, uh, was pointed out, and, and I went through it, and uh, I think it looks really good. But uh, she kind of gives just an, an, an overview of IndyCar ovals and the ins and outs, kind of a beginner's guide to IndyCar oval racing. So I know we got a lot of diehards out here, but if we're you know people who are uh, you know followers of, of me or followers of Connor who are just fans of ours who maybe don't get the nitty gritty of racing. I encourage you to go check that out. Um, really, really good insightful stuff that just helps you understand it in a not so intimidating techie kind of way. So, and I love that about, yeah. you know, fans of the series, you know, I love when uh, people in the, in the racing community do that kind of stuff. And then mama G force is always uh, doing that kind of thing. So I uh, appreciate that a lot. All right. Uh, you saw racing with Connor over the weekend uh, at Coda. Uh, very, they're very talented, very popular online and on the track. Jordan Taylor, our guest. Let's get to him. Well, as we mentioned, we have a very talented guest here, a man who is uh, has many trophies in his life, uh, a man who I grew up racing against uh, from a very young age. Uh, our families are friends. Um, he's a man who uh, has alternate personalities, uh, or really just one alternate personality that's very famous on the internet. Um, a, a world-class motorsport personality that has trophies to back up the humor and the hilarity and the incredible, uh, skill via the internet. Uh, Jordan Taylor, thank you for being here. Have you recovered from your NASCAR racing experience yet? Not quite yet. My body is still in some pain from all those research. <laughs> uh, but I'm glad you clarified my personality disorder. I wasn't sure where you're going with that. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. We just had to make make sure people are aware that uh, you know you do in fact uh, know a man named Rodney Sandstorm. Uh, I'm a big fan of him. We actually, I don't know if people know this, but Jordan and I were at a bar one time, and in Indianapolis. <laughs> And people across from the bar came up to Jordan and asked for Rodney Sandstorm's autograph. And that might yeah. have been one of the funniest moments that I have ever been a part of in my life. And I, I just, I love it. So, Rodney. Well, 
the, Go the ahead. best part the, the best part <laughs> the best part of that story for me though was we were just out at the bar and i'm like man you must be recognized all the time in india as an <laughs> indycar driver and like india's favorite <laughs> And you're like, yeah, it happens all the time. And then someone's walking over to us. I'm like, oh, here we go. This someone got an Eddie fan. That's his autograph. <laughs> that was fantastic. I think yeah. I, I, I think I even might have taken a picture of that moment. But my gosh, what a, what a time! Um, Those are great times. It was. I love your helmet as well for this weekend. Uh, great. Uh, the Rainbow Warrior, like a little bit of the great colors on that helmet. Um, what do you? What was your? preparation like for this event obviously there's been some there's been some work with the garage 56 uh car which looks great uh not sure how much that helped with with this cup debut um but obviously when you go out and qualify and beat literally almost everyone right out the gate that's huge so there must have been a a great level of preparation that that team um you know made possible for you i assume right yeah i mean they did a great job they were as soon as the deal kind of got done like two weeks ago like i was getting emails all the time with old onboard footage that kind of start studying like dash setups uh then yeah wednesday of race week i was finally get, able to get the chop through my seat to the sim do some pit stop practice kind of understand how the pit stops work it's way different from what we're used to we're used to pit <laughs> speed limiter not watching the lights down pit lane so yeah there are so many little details just to hit not even just not even the driving part uh, that I was stressed about, but yeah, thankfully, yeah, the car was super strong. Obviously, the speed came came easily at, at the beginning of the weekend, but I think we both talked after the first session of, or I guess you had a, a little different issue on the first session with the brakes, <laughs> but I mean, the car just felt like out of control to drive. I felt like I was just hanging on for dear life in that first session, and yeah, honestly, had no idea what was going on, but yeah, once we got kind of got to qualify, the car felt more normal, and the speed came, but yeah, these things are definitely different animals. I think the, the garage 56 thing, everything, everyone thinks it's a close correlation, but, you know, talking with Jensen and Jimmy, who've, who've driven that car too, like Jensen had my approach, like, all right, this this won't be too bad jumping into this thing. And then it was just eye-opening how different they were. Well, you, you mentioned that, you, you know, it was kind of a whirlwind for you all of a sudden, but then, you know, you go out there and qualify the way you do. Were, were even you surprised at the quick turnaround uh, for you there and figuring it out? Yeah, I mean... I mean, we've always seen how much guys struggle when they come to cup. So I was obviously terrified coming into the weekend. I'm like in the best car that anyone's been able to just jump in. So if I'm not performing, it's obviously the driver. Uh, so like the team is, is going to bring a good car no matter what. So yeah, I was worried that, you know, we'd be back way back in the pack after first practice. We were in the top 10, which I was like, that's crazy with how out of control I'd feel. So the car's definitely got speed in it. And then when you go to qualifying, you've got like one lap to do it. And I'm like, well, great. I've got nine laps in the cup car. Let's see <laughs> if I can nail one lap to kind of make it in the top 10. And we did our one lap and we were third and we're like, oh, we should probably go for a second one just in case. And we got up to second, but I think we, we hurt the tire a little bit. So I think the car was super strong. Like if I was up to speed a little bit more to nail that first lap and make it in that top 10 shootout, I think we could have fought for the front row, which would have been insane um but like the car just felt more normal to me when we got to qualify i could push it and and kind of knew what it was going to give back to me so yeah once we were in once we ended up fourth i was like shoot like that stinks like we had a good car we probably could have been on the front row ah. but looking back now like earlier before we can have if you would have said yeah you'll qualify fourth, i'd be like yeah whatever um <laughs> but yeah so looking back on the weekend I'll, i'm pretty happy with how 
that all went. The race was a much different story, though. Yeah, it was funny because at, we we our garages were right next to each other, and after the first practice session, like the way you were describing <laughs> things, I was like, "Oh, he's probably back with me." Like in the like, I was last, and then I look, I didn't even like we don't have a television that displayed the results, so I didn't know where anyone was. And then I saw on the internet, I was like, "Oh, Jordan was in the top 10. I was like, "Okay," uh, and now I'm confused. Like, I don't. Am I supposed to feel like it? Like I just I just drove through some weird rainforest and things were bumpy and it was crazy. I don't know. But that was <laughs> that was very hysterical. But you're exactly right. The, the the pace jump in qualifying is a lot. Like the the times yeah. from let's say the the free practice to uh, to qualifying was a lot. And like even even me, like we, I really wish we could have run a second set of tires like in that first session because you know even us who not quite maybe the same uh, area as you were when it comes to speed and potential. But, you know, we picked up like three and a half seconds from one session to another. Yeah, holy and then cow. I was like that second run again, like doing a second run in qualifying, you pick up another four tenths. But it's like, man, if I, if I could have done that, let's say on lap two of the new tire run, maybe that might have been a little bit more. So it's amazing that, again, both of our first ever NASCAR qualifying sessions. Uh, but, man, you did a great. I think that like the stats that you, you know, you were the best, you know, road course, the best like first ever race qualifier since like boris said back in like 1998 <laughs> or something is is astounding statistic um but when you line up for that race right and you're boom great spot we're looking ahead we're race car drivers we've been doing this a long time um i mean how did that first stint go for you because i didn't get i haven't seen the first part of the race yet but was it a little bit muscly right out the gate like was it a little bit aggressive right out the gate or was it the changing of the balance between, let's say, car being full of fuel and you know a little bit sloppier? Maybe did that did that affect things as well? Yeah, I think pretty much every variable that came into play was a negative for me at that point. <laughs> uh, like we went green, and I was like, before the race, they're telling me you know toe links are probably the weakness of this car, so be careful of side to side contact. I'm like, all right, it's a three or four hour race. Let's just chill yeah. out here and and <laughs> you know get into a rhythm and. By the time I got to turn eight, I'm still too wide. Turn nine, I'm off the track already and just getting shuffled back, trying not to make contact. So I think guys knew that I was going to be a little hesitant and cautious and definitely took advantage of that. So once that kind of shuffling started going the wrong direction, it just kept going there every restart and getting pushed <laughs> around and, and guys taking advantage of it. So I made a couple of driving errors for sure early on in the, in the race. But yeah, I think just the lack of aggression from my side didn't do us any good. Now, I also heard on Denny's podcast as well, Denny said that you were hitting people too. Well, do we have any comment on that? I mean, once I started getting <laughs> slammed around, I like about had enough of it. And uh, we were like, we were like three or four wide into 11. And Denny was like 20 feet off the track. And <laughs> I was 10 feet off the track. And I'm like, all right, you better lift because I'm not even... I'm not giving you room. So he tried to get back on track. I'm like, no. And he was bouncing <laughs> through the grass. And then he, once he got back to me, he smashed me off the track. And then I'm, I probably hit him back again. But at that point of the race, like my spotters were telling me like elbows out, you know, you got to oh, yeah. get aggressive here. You know, we're getting towards the end. So yeah, every time I wouldn't hit someone, someone would hit me in the back and then I'd hit someone in front of me. So it was almost like if you weren't just attacking people, you were getting attacked. So I kind of went on the offensive at some point and was yeah, getting a little tired of it. I love so did, it. Did, did it feel like, you know, in a way, 
you know, if you, I don't know if you have any older brothers or anything, but like, you know, if you're around the older guys when you're a kid, they're kind of picking, you know, they're kind of shoving you around a little bit. And then you finally have to like take your stand and like, maybe they'll come back and beat your ass again, but at least they <laughs> know like, Hey, he's not playing anymore. Yeah. I tried that stretch. It didn't really work. Yeah, is that what it felt like on track with all that or what? It did. Yeah, it, it did feel like that. It was like, yeah, they're all bullying me. They know that I'm the new kid. I'm this little guy coming into into their playground, basically, and they're going to push me right out of it. And they definitely did at the beginning. And then once I kind of tried to rough them back, it was just like, it just, it felt like it just kept increasing to this insane level of just contact. Like, I, I honestly have never had... I had so much like more contact in a four hour race than my entire career combined, even yeah. combining into like go karting. So the level of contact was crazy. And every time you go into turn one on a restart, you're just kind of bracing yourself for some hit from some direction. And you know, you're five wide in the middle, getting smashed from sides <laughs> and, and the wheels getting knocked out of your hand. So yeah, it's definitely a, a different style of racing that Connor and I are definitely not used to, but I think having that experience we definitely treat the race a little bit differently next time when, when it would go green. There was one moment, I think, I was already on my couch, one uh, one maybe cold beverage that wasn't a water in. Uh, I, I was watching on my couch in the, in the trailer, and uh, I they cut to one shot. I, I think this is towards the end of one of the final restarts, but they cut to a shot of uh, the, the turn that was covered in dirt. It was like turn eight where, where oh, it was yeah. all covered in dirt. And I think you just literally drove directly into the back of someone and spun them out. And I don't know who it was, but I was like, oh, man, Jordan just absolutely eliminated that guy. And my mother's watching with me, and she's like, oh, my goodness gracious. But it was like just one of those quick shots that they were about to pan away, and you happen to just get in there and out, like right in the back of this guy. And I was like, let's go. I was like, Jordan's tired of this baloney. Like, like we're, we're getting into it. I mean, I think, honestly, starting from the back, I saw a lot of this, right? And I, I saw Jensen get muscled out of the way at the beginning. Like, he was literally, it looked like he was driving the wheels off that sucker. Like, sliding <laughs> it around, but people were just moving him out of the way. Um, I I wish, because it did seem like if, if people actually gave you a little bit of room and there was a little bit of respect, you could actually race those cars quite well. Like, yeah. they did go side by side through the corners. Like, we saw with Tyler Reddick and William Byron. Like, you could do that. Like, Maybe yeah. there's a little bit of rubbing, but I, I don't know. I, I think from my standpoint, and again, we're always going to get treated aggressively because we're outsiders, right? Like, we get it. But I just, I think, it, I just wish it could have been a little bit better. Like, just a little bit less, I guess, chaotic. And I mean, how? Yeah. the fact that the cars can survive that much, too. I mean, that's got to be part of it. Yeah, I mean, the hits that I took were insane of how hard yeah. you hit front, front to back. And I'm like... This car must be destroyed. Like, honestly, yeah. I've never had as hard a pits in my life. And I got out of the race and it's just scratched. Like, it's not yeah. even dented. <laughs> and I'm like, that is just crazy. But yeah, like, to your point, like, I was battling at the end. Like, Corey LaJoy restarted in front of me and I, like, touched him in the back, moved him out of the way, just like got him a little loose, went down the inside. And then, like, we were, I was just talking to him about it. I'm like, yeah, I thought that was a great move. Like, I wasn't smashing him out of the way. I moved him out yeah. of the way. We get to turn nine and bam, he just knocks me right off the track. He's like, that's kind of what happens if, if you move someone out of the way. I'm like, but like when I think about NASCAR racing, I think about the bump and run, door-to-door -door racing, yeah. not like smashing. So for me, there's definitely room to, like the cars could race so well, like you said, like if you do the little yeah. bump and runs, if you do like 
those sorts of moves, like not big hits to just push guys out of the way. Uh, the racing could be really good. And I feel like it was like that a little bit more at the beginning of the race. But when it got to the end, I think everyone kind of had enough of the aggression was, and it was out to just kind of kill everybody. Now, I want to switch. <laughs> this this is a question definitely um, just out of my, my interest here on old Ronnie Sandstorm. And I know you could provide some insight into this man's mind. Um, the Because I know that a lot of what I do, Jordan, um, is inspired by real people, teachers, coaches, uh, p- friends, parents that that I had in my in my life, right? That 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 I've had experiences with, and that I turned into for myself a character. But Rodney Sandstorm is Rodney, you know, the guy that you saw at the track growing up, your dad's buddy that he would go, you know, pound some some butt heavies and some cigs with like, I got to know the inspiration here in a little bit. I mean, I think it's an inspiration of a blend of a lot of NASCAR fans in general. Uh, I mean, he's got the, the full package with, you know, the Dr. Scholl's shoes, the Velcro, the light long white socks, <laughs> personalized shorts that he hems himself from Walmart, the jackets from eBay smelled like cigarettes. So it's a affordable budgeted package. Um, but personality-wise, I think he's a blend of a lot of different fans. Well, he smoked cigs with NASCAR fans on a race? Probably just candy cigs. Yeah, he's more of a candy guy. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. You got to have him on deck. You know what I mean? You got to have him yeah. ready for action no matter what. Right. The candy cigs. Gotta, I, I know what you're talking about. I respect that. Right in the fanny pack. Um, <laughs> what do you think was... I remember sitting down with you at the driver's meeting. You're like, I, I haven't even got to be in my trailer yet. Like, was it a bit hectic for you as like the cup series level of media activities or sponsor? Obviously you're driving for literally the biggest team in the sport, like the most, the most dominant team right now, I would say. So they clearly have a lot of partners and a lot of things going on. Tell like, I guess tell people what it would be like compared to, you know, a normal sports car race day for you. Right. Like, cause yeah, the Rolex Twenty Four, big deal, right? Le Mans, big deal. Like Sebring Twelve Hour, big deal. But th- there, there seemed to be a bit of a different level of just activities before the race. Yeah, I mean, I probably could have looked at the schedule a little bit closer before before, <laughs> before that. I didn't realize like the whole two hour period right before the green flag is just like nonstop. So I'm like, I, I wake up in the morning, I, I'll chill out. Like garages only open at whatever time. I'll just go to the track, have my breakfast, get into a little routine, do the team meetings. And then like we do our team meeting and they're like, all right, like you need your suit on. Like we're getting going here. I'm like, oh, I still got to like eat lunch, go to the bathroom, like do all the basic things. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I haven't done, I haven't done any of this stuff yet. And then we're doing like Chevy display, meet and greet. We're going to the universe, uh, sweet meet and greet straight to the driver's meeting, straight to driver Joe's, straight to like the national anthem. I was like, we'll probably go to the driver's meeting, grab some lunch, go to intros. And I didn't realize like, it's just one after, one after the next. And then I remember I got to the driver intro thing. I'm like, Hey man, like I got to go to the bathroom still. Like when do we go to the bathroom? Like you better like go right now because once you start this, like you're not going anywhere. So yeah, it was intense. And I think with it being like my first race, I still had so much stuff in my head. I'm like, I still got to remember all the pit stop procedures. Like I had still haven't done a pit stop yet in NASCAR. Like which lights am I looking at on the dash not to go over the lights and which way do I turn the wheel during the pit stops? Like while they're changing tires and brake fans, like all that procedural stuff is like 
in my head. But once you start all this meet and greet stuff, like that's all gone. And then once you've kind of put your helmet on, you're trying to remember like all those little points that you were really prepping for the past week. Yeah, it's really hard. Like getting in something new, That this, there's so much that you're, because like me getting in an Indy car, right? And you getting in whatever sports car you're driving at the time, like, you, yep, we get it. Like, yep, this is second nature to flip this switch, do this, whatever. But like when you get in something new and you're like, boom, you're going out to compete right now at the top level. Yeah. And you've had one practice session. You know what I mean? Like that's, there's a lot of things in those cars, you know, brake fans, different, different fans, lights, and, you know, dash pages. We, no pit speed limiter. What I mean, what yeah. was it? What was your first uh, pit entry? Like, was it, were was there a little bit of caution? Was there like, oh man, <laughs> oh, like, man. How, how much, how, and especially, remember Pit Road was like covered in smoke the first time too, because yeah, it, it, it they blown an engine in pit lanes. <laughs> not only can you not see anything, but you, yeah. literally, you're looking at your lights and you're like, well, I hope there's no one in front of me because it's just covered in dust. Yeah, the whole holy cow, the pit stops are insane. <laughs> yeah. And like, everyone gets pit stop speeding penalties. Like, oh, even all the regular guys have been doing it for 25 years. So you're yeah. like, how, how am I not going to get a penalty? So yeah, we pull in that first time. I'm like, all right, I better do like 25 miles per hour just to be safe. <laughs> and thankfully, I got I had someone like somewhere in my in my window, so I could kind of follow and judge a little bit off of. But yeah, yeah, I was like, all right, lights, like don't hit that guy. Lights, don't hit that guy. Right, where's my <laughs> yeah. pit box? So you're just like, holy cow, there's so much going on. Then there's four thousand boards going down the pit lane. And you're like. <laughs> What number am I getting? I'm like, I think they I'm all have nine. lights. Yeah. Like everything's yeah. got an LED panel on it, and it's yeah. shining like, at you. Even, it's crazy. Yeah, you're not even sure what color it was, and then you finally get there, and like, holy cow, I better not smoke it right through the box. And yeah. they're like, you need to hit it in like such a small window, like as close to the edge of the box as possible. The jack man's like this insane jacked guy. He's like, yeah, yeah, you don't don't stop, long man. It's gonna screw up our pit stop. I'm like, holy cow, I, I'll try not to, man. Yeah, <laughs> I'm here to win the race too. Don't worry. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's it's an intense experience. Will we uh, see Jordan Taylor slash Rodney Sandstorm um, at Indianapolis Motor Speedway come the month of May at all? Oh, I did talk to this about Connor. I talked to you about this, didn't I? About the Indy Five Hundred or what? About wanting Rodney to be one of the yellow shirts. Oh yes, yeah, that's actually I think that a would great be idea. So funny if I was just there, like with my whistle just shouting at people with their getting the credential out and stuff and like kicking people at us or near I think it'll be so fun there's definitely an opportunity I know Doug uh Bo Doug Bowles uh I know he would be up for that for sure there could be some very great promotional activities <laughs> going on there many a lot to talk about that yeah are you are you busy on Memorial Day weekend or what are you, are you going to be like with now Hendrick every weekend as a reserve driver or <laughs> something like that or what's going on I actually have no idea. I haven't even looked at my calendar. It's 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 been insane the last couple of weeks, to be honest. But yeah, I'll I'll have a look. That could be a lot of fun. I love that. Um, I want to get a quick. Uh, you obviously know several of us in the IndyCar series. Um, a lot of us have raced together since we were youths. Uh, both you and your brother. Uh, we've all raced together since we literally had. I think like we were fourteen, thirteen, young young lads in the go kart days. All that stuff. Um. I want to hear a, a a top three prediction for the Texas Motor Speedway race this weekend uh, with no no preparation or judgment at all. I just want to hear a uh, a prediction right out the gate. Right out the gate. Oh, my gosh. Kind of put me on the spot. Pressure's I'll on. Say, I'll say McLaughlin. Is this where he finished second on the last lap last yes. year? Yes. I'm going to say it'd be a McLaughlin comeback story. I'm going to say Dixon's going to have another classic Dixon day. Yep. Cruising on the around podium top always. 10 and then finish second. And then I'll say third place. 
Um, let's go with Rossi. A nice little okay. comeback story for McLaren. All right, there you go. Yeah. First first podium for McLaren this year. I respect yeah. that. <laughs> it's fine that we'll you see. didn't say me. It's all right. We're gonna have a great weekend. It's gonna well, be fun I, down I there. We're gonna win. That would kind of ruin the whole mojo. <laughs> like, God, you're just saying that because I'm you're here. Right. So I purposely right. didn't say you. I would have said you. No, thank but you. Honestly, you yeah. you reverse psychology did. That's that's <laughs> that's respectful. I like that. Um, so to cap off your 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 NASCAR experience, um, what would you say? Like, obviously, qualifying in the front and making history is awesome. Uh, what did you think of your Fox Sports virtual person? Because you know how they put up on the TV graphic yeah. the virtual you. Give yeah. us your thoughts on virtual you. And because like I when I saw me for the first time, I was like, man, that guy must work out. He's wild. Like what? How, how yeah. was your virtual you? <laughs> I looked a little bit more jacked than I probably have in real life. That's that's true. My face looked like way more serious than I usually do. Very, very serious. So, so maybe like they thought I was in the sun when the picture was taken because my eyes like weren't even open. But I think they could have done a little bit better job. They made Raikkonen it look pretty cool, though. Like he, oh, he was yeah. definitely Hat the most badass. Glasses. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. man, this guy, he, they, they made him look like he owns a club and runs Miami. <laughs> like, it's incredible. <laughs> it's, Seriously. Oh, man. That was I good. love that. Um, okay, and then one quick question as well. Who, if you were to race at a road course again next weekend, who are you firing off the track first? Who was your biggest <laughs> enemy from the NASCAR Cup Series race? On oh, and man. again. You're obviously, we don't have to answer this, but like, we're just, uh, who would be the most, maybe the most annoying person uh, that you had to compete against on, uh, on Sunday? Uh, probably so annoying. Um, probably Connor Daly. Oh, uh, you did. I didn't even see you, bro. I didn't, we weren't even on the track at the same time. I don't even think. <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't have any, like, uh, like goes with anyone. Like where we were like going back and forth. I didn't feel like maybe Denny. Since he called yeah. me out on his podcast, I'll say I'll just say Denny just to get him Good back. Good call, to that. yeah. Because yeah. I listened to Denny's podcast this morning. I was like, man, Denny's out here firing shots, and he hasn't <laughs> even listened to Speed Street once. I don't think so. That's why we can go after Denny the whole time. Because I I raced with him. I even let him buy. I think because I was like, you know what, Denny, I know you're going to be faster than me. There you go. We were racing <laughs> together for a total of maybe ten to fifteen minutes, and then he was gone. But uh, that's fine. We can call out Denny because he doesn't listen to this podcast anyway. It's all right. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Jordan, uh, thank you. I, I I know that it's uh, probably crazy for you after such a uh, pretty cool weekend, honestly, for you. Uh, congrats on finishing the race. Uh, congrats on being the best qualifier in, you know, since we were children uh, in the NASCAR <laughs> Cup Series as a first-timer. And uh, you know what? Here's to a great uh, rest of 2023. That's right. Thank you, Connor. And I hope you have a great weekend out in Texas. And maybe I'll see you at Indy and you'll have your credential out to show me. I hope so. I, we need to make that happen. We got to talk to the authorities in the high places. <laughs> thank you so much. See yeah, you, Jordan. Thanks, guys. Good talking, buddy. See ya. Thank you. Once again, thanks to Jordan Taylor. A little bit of Rodney Sandstorm in there. Coming off of a pretty big weekend for M down at Coda. I really like that idea, the yellow shirts. That would be a lot of fun. And I would love to see him out at, at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. I feel like that's a match made in heaven. I will say, though, I mean, I guess we do have probably the highest connection, definitely one of, if not the highest connection you can have there. But 
five or six years ago, I tried to get uh, Pat McAfee and the Pardon My Take guys to do it, and that was not happening. The yellow shirts <laughs> did not want that company there, so I don't know how we get to make it happen, but hopefully we do. Yeah, I do think it's a good idea as well, but the yellow shirts are a proud group of people, and I, I respect them a lot. We don't want to bring any, uh, you know, a- any, any lackluster performances to their craft, so uh, we'll see what happens. We'll talk to Doug about it. And uh, and we'll get into it. Uh, I love the yellow shirts, and and Rodney being a yellow shirt would be would be actually quite entertaining. So oh, dude, I got good news too. Uh, I'm I found out that I'm going to be back in the same lot than I was last year. Oh, nice. There we go. Bus lots. Yeah, we're ready. Yeah. To ro- ready to rock. Yep. Speaking of bus lots, real quick as well. I was seeing a trailer at the track at Coda. I forgot to mention this earlier. Uh, nope. No hot water all weekend in the trailer. So. Uh, a lot of cold showers uh, for me this weekend. Um, you know, the the life of a racing driver can sometimes be glamorous. It really can. Sometimes you're taking cold showers in someone else's trailer that had a window knocked out of it. So uh, it, it is what it is. We did tape up the window so the air and stuff could not get in. Um, but uh, tough to not have hot water. It's amazing how much you miss nice warm showers after you've been in a sweaty race car all day. Uh, so that was also hysterical. <laughs> Wouldn't the cold shower feel better after a race, though? Yeah, there's two. If you take one right afterwards, but you got a lot of walking to be done, and it's still cold. It's still cold water. You know, it, it was nice, but uh, tough situation. Tough situation. Okay. So again, we're just living the dream. That's that's what it's all about. Another tough situation is uh, the current state of the IndyCar video game. Oh yeah, we before we finish off our episode, we got to talk a little bit about that. A lot of people talking about it. Um, motorsport games. Yeah, yeah. Motorsport Games had uh, had basically just said on their whatever their earnings call or, or their update to their shareholders or whatever it was, some business call um, <laughs> that basically the game IndyCar game that we've all been told to support and that we have been putting a lot into uh, is now delayed until 2024, um, which essentially means, I mean, honestly, like they they kind of have to start over because. Cars change in 2024. Drivers will change in 2024. Yeah. Uh, there could be new teams. There could be, you know, we did all this work for this game and like you kind of have to put that out for the relevant year. You know what I mean? It's not like, you know, Madden 23 isn't going to be with players from 2019. You know what I mean? Like it's 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 something that, um, that's that's definitely a tough look. Uh, and again, I, I've tried to support motorsport, motorsport games through this because again, we, we, we know that they've put a lot in this. But the iRacing community has obviously been coming after us all the time and coming after people about, you know, they've been coming after IndyCar. I still think there's there's two sides to every story in regards to that, both iRacing and IndyCar. Yeah. Um, but uh, we got to figure something out. And, and, and I don't have the answer, but I would love us to be like, hey, guess what? I mean, Motorsport Games, a lot of us, a lot of us, you know, there, there were not a lot of positives that we saw uh, coming out of all these these news releases recently. And, I, boy, I really hope they get their stuff together. I really do. But um, I, I don't know. It, it's it's very hard to um, – it's hard to look at because there's a lot of people out here playing video games. I mean, we love video games. And the simulation world, the racing simulation world, uh, it's so powerful, so popular – iRacing is a huge platform, and just just sim racing in general is huge. So, I really hope we can get this sorted out. But uh, you know what? It's it's uh, it's it could you know we'll we'll see. I have to remain supportive of our powers yeah. at at hand. But my gosh, we got to find a solution. 
Like, well, it's come just, on. it's just so disheartening that, you know, when, when this was, this project was announced, what, in the summer of 2021, I think? It was a while ago, yeah. The end of 2021 in that range. And, you know, when it was announced, there was obviously met with a lot of excitement and a lot of hope, but a lot of the people I talked to who are just fans of IndyCar, um, you know, the series and, and follow it, you know, there was a lot of hesitancy, even at the time that it was announced, right? And yes, sad when when that's first thing that's top of mind, and that here we are almost two years later, and it's coming to fruition. Man, it it really yeah sucks. It it does, and the whole exclusivity agreement thing. I mean, that's just that was a big problem in the first place. And again, I think there's there's folks you know that I I obviously do not work in these departments. I don't know how it's all worked. Uh, contracts are contracts, but. Uh, it's just tough to see because we all just want to, a lot of us want to support IndyCar. And uh, if it's harder to do that, especially via the esports world, um, then that's a shame. So hopefully we wait, we'll, we'll get some people on it. Uh, I'm sure Roger's a big video gamer. So Roger Penske will be out there on his Xbox, on his PC, probably going to sort it out real soon. I hope. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I just, you know, and then we talk about all the time, you know, ways to get new eyeballs, ways to grow the, the interest, way to grow fandom and, you know, I, I feel like you look around and, and right now, as the current state of 2023, it's like video games and gambling, you know? I mean, if you want to get in there, oh, yeah. it's a, it gives people a reason to be like, oh, wait a second, I'm going to try this thing out. Oh, wait, this is a real thing that happens in real life. Oh, this is dope. Oh, you yeah. Yeah, that happened with so so many people. It happened with FIFA, with with soccer, you know, and, 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 and the growing of that, the growing interest there. And it just sucks to have this kind of delay struggle feel to this video game. And we have the gambling concept that is a whole different <laughs> conversation, but it just, yeah, I mean, not the, you can't pile on too much, but it just comes down yeah. to, it just sucks. It just sucks. Well, I mean, we were going to, you know, we were going to do a segment with you about who you're going to jump onto, uh, you know, jump on the bandwagon with this weekend. And, you know, I, I obviously can't do any type of uh, sports betting at all. Can't even talk about it. But like, you wanted to look up some odds for these things, and they can't be found. And and that's such a big, you know, such a big part of sports overall. Um, you know, I, I wish people had more access to that to get more engaged with. If if they want to, obviously, in our sport, how do we engage more people? How do we make it fun for more people? It seems to be, uh, you know, we're hopefully we get there. Hopefully we do get there. I will say though, once you know, we'll do it. The odds aren't out yet that I've seen anywhere for Texas this weekend, um, but we'll, we'll we'll just hop on it anyways. And so what <laughs> I'm going with is uh, I think uh, I like Pat Award to win. He told me he should have won last year. He is coming off what he felt like should have won St. Pete. Was very disappointed with the finish that he had there, letting Erickson pass him. Um, and he's going to have a big, you know, it's a big, big crowd, big event for him. As we talked about with Texas, he's, he's rallying, you know, he's getting a lot of his fans uh, to come out and give the tickets away there. So like Pato, and then I think, uh, I think Graham Rahal could have a, five, a top five finish. I called GR to lurk around back there and, uh, and then make his way into the top five, maybe like a fourth place finish. And you're like, what the hell? You started like 15th. Here you are. And uh, Graham Rahal finishing up there. So uh, that's who I'm jumping on this weekend, I think. We'll go with Love that. Love it. Hey, good for you. We got to do what we got to do. And with that, we will go into probably our favorite segment of the show because it's one of our only segments. But uh, the Oh, real quick, real quick. What do you oh, think, hey. Brad Paisley? Brad Paisley, what do you think? 
Oh yeah, Brad Paisley Legends Day. Uh, great. I mean, great. I think the Legends Day lineup Saturday uh, before the Indy 500, uh, White River State Park. I don't know why several people are angry about that. I'm. It's literally t eight minutes from the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, and like honestly, there's a lot to do in preparation for race day. Not sure if you know, but it's the single largest sporting event in the yeah. world on a single day. So uh, get over it. We have a great concert celebrating the Indy 500 in downtown Indianapolis. So get over it. It's not at the track. I'm sorry. I don't care. It's great that we have these these artists here. We have an amazing event. I don't know why White River. Like I've gone to shows there. Great place. So cool. I don't know why people cool. are upset about it. I'm happy. It's just it's just it's just change, right? Yeah. People just, just change. Just, you know, it just happens, and people don't like it, no matter what it is. You know, the it could have been the greatest concert venue ever with yeah. the band ever, but if it's not what they're used to, then it's just going to piss people off. That's just the way it goes. Yep. Way go. That's just um, science. <laughs> I, yeah. I agree, though. Uh, big name. I think it's really cool. Maybe they'll bring Peyton, too. They do their Peyton. commercials or whatever. Maybe uh, old Peyton will come out after he did the voiceover for the uh, promo this year. All right. Let's uh, <laughs> let's do Ricky Treadway, man. Let's do it. All right, Ricky Treadway, random Indy 500 driver of the week. Joey, I know you had mentioned uh, not too long ago about um, maybe going with someone from a more recent era, maybe going from fr from someone who might still be alive. Uh, and so I chose to do that this weekend. Um, we went, or this week, uh, we went with the, the year 2000, Y2K. Uh, the year 2000 was won by Juan Pablo Montoya, a man that I know well. Yeah. Uh, Buddy Lazier finished second. Uh, old Buddy Lazier. Uh, Eliseo Salazar finished third. Names that we all know. I mean, maybe you don't know, Joey, but names that a lot of people know. I know those I know my studies. that we yeah. know. But a name that, honestly, I, um... I remember this team, um, but a name that I guess I am not as familiar with. And again, if I should be familiar with it, I'm bad with names. If I don't remember your name, that's honestly, it it, it happens. Um, but I'm going to go with the 14th place finisher in the 2000 Indy 500. Uh, Jared Schroeder or Schrader, Jared Schrader, Schroeder, Schrader. I'm not sure. Uh, Jared Schrader, uh, born in New Jersey. Um, raced in three Indy 500s, uh, 1999, 2000, and 2001. Uh, and again, these were teams I always remember as like, you know, these were probably the lower budget teams. You had, you had Cobb, TriStar, and PDM, uh, a little bit lower budget operations. Um, cause I remember them from when I was a youth, but, uh, yeah, did, Looks like several several seasons of IndyCar racing, some maybe off and on seasons as well, part time seasons, uh, one full season potentially in two thousand two. Looks like maybe I don't know, but uh, interesting. Uh, his career, his best career finish was fourth in Las Vegas, uh, and then Schroeder, 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 Schroeder uh, led the rookie of the year standing until his car was struck by other drivers during the final two races to knock him out of the rookie points lead. So. Tough rookie of the year battle what, for uh, what for could Jared. have been, yeah. What but yeah, we been? went with uh, someone more current, and uh, he is still alive. So I like it. that's good. No, nope. yeah, so he's fifty three um, years old. He's literally he's not that old at all. So that's good. Oh, about the same age as my dad. Um, yeah, I think fifteen thirty. Yeah, nineteen sixty nine. He was born. Yep, is... that's math. Hey, how about it? Sixty nine yeah. episode for a driver born in nineteen sixty nine. These are there. All you good, go. Good pair. That's good synergy right there, Connor. He yeah. spells his name Jarrett, J-E-R-E-T. I don't know if I've yep. ever seen anybody spell their name that way before. That's uh, 
that's interesting about our, our Ricky Treadway random Indy 500 driver of the week. All right. <laughs> and he doesn't have any, uh, he, he doesn't no have felonies. any felonies. Yeah. Dang, no felonies. Yeah. Uh, it's not showing up on the Wikipedia page. All right. Um, <laughs> good deal. Big thanks to Jordan Taylor slash Rodney Sandstorm for coming on and chatting it up. Uh, big thanks to Connor for continuing to to lock in these guests and provide, I think, a lot of really great insight and entertainment uh, to this program and, and to Dirty Mo Media. We did get word from Mike Davis that uh, the numbers are going up, up, up. They're continuing to go up uh, on our on our shows, on, on the downloads and the listens. Um, so, of course, that's kudos to you guys and, and thanks to you guys. So um, it's only the start of the racing season. Obviously, we have the month of May coming up, which is going to be huge. You know, Connor's Connor's winning in 10. He's going for the win in 10. Um, and it's going to be, you know, a massive, massive month. So, and a massive, massive year. So, I hope everybody continues to, you know, stay on, hang with us every week, share with your friends. And then, and, and like I said, grow from a street to a county to a, to a, to a city to you, you get the deal. But, um, all right, we're going racing this weekend in Texas. Connor, any, any, uh, departing words before you head down there for your latter half of your Texas two step? Uh, just appreciate all the folks at Coda that said they listen into the show. Uh, a lot of folks at Driver Intros were saying that they listen to the show, so we appreciate that. Uh, leave us a a, a rating, a uh, a five star review, whatever you feel like, uh, and buy shirts at the Dirty Mo website. Someone tweeted me asking where they can buy Speed Street shirts. It's on the Dirty Mo Media website. I promise you, they're there. Buy them so you can get more Dale Earnhardt Jr. shirts eventually when they come out. Uh, so thank you. Awesome. Good deal. All right. Connor's heading down to Texas, and we got a full weekend of racing, finally, again, in the IndyCar Series. We will talk to you again next week on Speed Street. The newest episode of Door Bumper Clear is available now on all major podcasting platforms. Make sure to follow the show to get notified as soon as a new episode is released. This bit of badassery was made by Dirty Mo Media. Dirty Mo. Dirty Mo.